Hi, everyone. Brendan Murray, 34-year-old father of four young children, studied engineering and worked in construction management for over 10 years. He started a political podcast called Beneath the Maze in 2022. Writer and social media influencer, period. I commonly say that I am addicted to problem solving. In order to solve a problem, one must know the cause of it. Question everything. Please welcome Brendan Murray. Oops. All right. Well, thanks for having me. As John was saying, uh, my presentation is called Beneath the Maze. Um, and so really what, what you're probably asking is what is the maze? Uh, this, this quote here uh, is something I'm going to reference during the presentation. I hope you had a chance to read it. If not, I have a printout back there of it, uh, but we're going we're gonna to reference it uh, as I go. So welcome to Beneath the Maze. My name is Brendan Murray. And like I said, what you're probably wondering is what, what is the maze? The maze is a metaphor for how confusing society is, how confusing life is, uh, specifically for, for young adults trying to make it to the next level, right? Make it to uh, adulthood, uh, fatherhood, motherhood. And so, you know, the follow-up question is, well, why is life in society so confusing today? And my theory is that it's because the people who control society, control the structure of society, the rules, culture, want it to be this way. And the reason for that is it's easier to manipulate people in a sea of confusion, right? Easier to manipulate people when the way forward is difficult to know, difficult to find. Or as I like to say on my podcast, one who is lost is more easily guided. So allow me to prove my theory. So what, what's in it for corrupt leaders? What, what do corrupt leaders want, ultimately? And uh, it's a pretty easy question. Power, right? Power. So how do you get power in society? Votes, right? Votes. Uh, you got to persuade people to vote for you. So the next question is, how do you get votes? And uh, in order to answer that question, <laughs> uh, we need to know how people vote. How do people vote? So I'm going to lay a foundation here and then I'm going to connect the dots for you. We got to look at how people vote. And uh, in order to do that, we got to look at exit polls. So I've highlighted a few exit polls. This is from 2022. You can look this up on your own, but these are a few exit polls that I'd like to, like to look at real quick. So as you can see, married people are more likely to vote for Republicans, right? Married with children. And then you can break it out even further for uh, gender by marital status. So this is without children. But as you can see, you know, unmarried women more likely to vote for Democrats. Men, they're more likely to vote for Republicans, but still married men are more likely to vote for Republicans than unmarried men, right? And certainly so with women. So again, just laying a foundation here. How often do you attend religious service? So as you can see, people who are more religious vote for Republicans. People who are more Christian tend to vote for Republicans in a, in a big way, right? 83 to 15. People who make a little bit more money are more likely to vote for Republicans. <clears throat> How about LGBTQ? This is important. If, you're, if you identify as LGBTQ, you're 84% likely to vote for Democrats. Okay. And then I've also got age. So 
if you're if you're a little bit older, you're more likely to vote for Republicans. So this is a good snapshot. There's a lot of exit polls. You can you know, look at all of them, but this is a good snapshot of what I'd like to go over. And really, what what I want to focus on is you know what would a good leader do that's taking a, a look at exit polls, right? Uh, a good leader uh, might say, okay, well, what what do I need to do with married? people? What, what do I need? How do I need to appeal to them? Right? What, what laws can I enact or messages can I have that, that will appeal more to, uh, to people who are married uh, or people who are religious? <clears throat> they might say, you know, what, what do I need to do to appeal to, you know, middle class or upper, upper middle class people? So that's how a good leader might look at this. But then there's a corrupt leader. A corrupt leader might say, what can we do with our levers of power to make less married people in society? What can we do to make maybe people less interested in religion, less interested in Christianity? What can we do to affect people's wallet? How can we compress them, right? Compress them so that maybe their money doesn't go as far. Or how about LGBTQ? Man, 84% are voting for Democrats? Wow. Is there anything we can do to kind of pump those numbers instead of 7% of voters? Can we, can we get that to 20% of voters? Or how about age? This is a, a deep one, age. Can you stop somebody from aging? No, can't stop anyone from aging. But what is age really, right? Age is wisdom. So how about our growth, right? Experiences. So how about can you slow down people's growth? in society. And I have a whole episode of my podcast called The Fountain of Youth that goes over this. And I'm going to touch on it a little bit here. This isn't happening though, right? None of this is happening that I just talked about, right? That's not happening today in society. <laughs> Welcome to Beneath the Maze. Okay, this is what I'd like to focus on. I'd like to talk about. Um, we're, we're here now, right? You guys are all beneath the maze with me. <laughs> um, so, Coming back to this quote, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll re read kind of some highlights. After having thus successfully taken each member of the community in its powerful grasp and fashioned him at will, the supreme power then ex extends its arm over the whole community. It covers the surface of society with a network of small, complicated rules. That's the maze on the surface, sort of the me metaphor there. The small, complicated rules, um, minute and uniform, through which the most original minds and energetic characters cannot penetrate to rise above the crowd. The will of man is not shattered, but softened, bent, and guided. Such a power does not destroy, but prevents existence, stupefies people. This is kind of what I want to highlight on this quote. It's a great quote, but this is kind of what I want to highlight. And of course, the network of small, complicated rules. So to prove the manipulation, we're going to look at small, complicated rules that impact marriage, religion or Christianity, your financial well-being, your identity, and, and maybe your age or wisdom, right? I mean, all of these categories kind of broken out. <clears throat> so what I've got here for marriage, and I'm going to hit as much as I can um, in, in the time I've got marriage. So there's, there's all kinds of things that impact marriage, right? But some of the big ones that are easy to highlight is small, complicated rules. Porn, to me, is one of the biggest. 
Um, you know, porn, it's like, oh, prostitution is illegal, but porn is legal. I mean, that, that's a small, complicated rule. It doesn't make really any sense, right? This, this is a small, complicated rule that bends and guides society down a path that is more favorable to the regime. Especially so now with technology evolving to a point where everyone has instant access to millions of porn videos in their back pocket, right? The evolve of smartphones has made this issue much, much worse over time. Okay, according to a, a 2016 study conducted by science.org, married couples with at least one person watching porn are two to three times more likely to get divorced than couples where neither watch porn. Uh, that works out well for the regime, doesn't it? You know, crush marriage, okay? But, but this data assumes that the couple even gets married to begin with, right? The real question, one that is more difficult to answer, is how does porn impact society's desire to get married? And that's where we really got to dig deep. And what impact does, does this have on society as a whole? Put yourself into the shoes of a young man age 18 or 19, uh, or 20 even, uh, with a smartphone, instant access to all the free porn on the internet. Well, you know, certainly he's watching it, right? But per and perhaps even on a daily basis. Uh, so what does that do? Well, it might slow down his pursuit of women, right? I mean, after all, if a woman he likes just seems too difficult to pursue, then, you know, no big deal. He can just go back to his apartment and, you know, has instant access to tons of naked women on his phone, right? Uh, and then just play video games and go to sleep. And, and this is really what, what's happening. It's that push, okay? Um, and then, yeah, so this is, this is really massive because now men are not pursuing women as often or as intensely as they used to. And so we got to look at the cause and effect of this. Men are less inclined to pursue women because their natural primal instincts and desires are being met. The desire to have an intimate relationship with women is somewhat satisfied by porn to a degree. So they do not per, uh, pursue women as aggressively, um, or pursuing women is a much more passive approach now than it was 20 to 30 years ago. So what does that do? Well, less marriage, right? Less marriage or just push marriage off. Um, and then, of course, that's, that's mission accomplished for the regime, right? So all of this is just, it's another tweak of the knob, as I like to say. Everything we're going to go over, all these small, complicated rules, it's like a tweak of the knob on your, on your car stereo. You know, just turn down marriage a little bit. You know, turn up um, LGBTQ issues. Um, so, but then we look at what porn does to women as a result of men being less inclined to court women. Men are less interested in the courting process because men have become accustomed to just hitting play on their smartphone, right? And poof! You know, women start to undress, right? So what effect does this have on women? In a way, single women are competing against porn, and they don't even know it. As men become less interested in pursuit of women, women start to wonder what they're doing wrong, you know? So, so they adapt to survive. They try new things like, like feminism, or they switch to women. Boom, LGBTQ, just got another recruit. Small, complicated rules, unique and uniform. 
The will of man is not shattered, but softened, bent and guided. Uh, so welcome to, you know, the maze on the surface, right? I mean, depression, anxiety, confusion are high, sadly, among the LGBTQ community. The regime doesn't care. You are right where they want you, 85% likely to vote for them. This is one topic in a sea of many. All of these systems intertwine, they work together to increase power for the regime. Hookup culture, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, feminism, you don't need men, right? You don't need men, you can do it yourself. If somebody truly believes they don't, if a, if a woman truly believes they don't need men, then they're probably not going to get married, probably a little less inclined to get married, right? So, you know, it's just propping up the feminist movement. Uh, you know, so that you push marriage off. Uh, and then, you know, attack religion. Beto O'Rourke, you may remember, uh, in one of his debates, uh, he said that, you know, churches should lose their tax-exempt status if they do not perform ceremonies for, for gay marriages. You know, he said that. Can you believe that? I mean, of course they want to crush religion. I mean, look how much, you know, especially Christianity. Look how much people who are Christian are voting for Republicans. They want to, they want to smash it, you know? And this, of course, segues into um, <clears throat> religion and Christianity. Now, I'm going to hit some of these issues rather quickly. Um, but, you know, abortion, I mean, it's, you know, demonizing religion and Christianity. Uh, what the culture tries to tell you is that you are a sexist bigot if you do not support a woman's right to an abortion. You know, so, there, so less women are religious because most, at least Christian faiths, you know, they don't support abortion. So this is how they mess with your head. You know, you're going to church, but you also are being told, you know, oh, you need to have a, a, a right to an abortion. And so then they maybe stop going to church, you know, um, and they become less religious. And that just slowly guides you into a box that's more favorable to the regime. Now, 50 or 60 years ago, they made a move to take God out of the schools. Remember that? Small, complicated rules. God is too controversial for public schools, but gender studies isn't? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But that's a small, complicated rule for you. Or how about your financial well-being? The regime does not want people to excel. The rich need to pay their fair share. That's what they say, right? Higher business taxes makes jobs less available. You know, government spending increases inflation. Inflation is a tax. Now your money doesn't go as far. Just squish, compress people. Slow the upward movement in society with all the levers that the regime has. It's all just another tweak of the knob, like turning down the volume on the car radio. Like I said, if you tweak 15 knobs in one notch, one notch per year, the country at large will slowly shift to the left over time. Or how about <clears throat> LGBTQ? Teach it to kids, right? Pump the numbers. And wouldn't you know it, this is already happening. 21% of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ. I don't know if you heard that, heard that stat before. Compared to 6% of millennials. This is all by design. It is exactly as Tuckville says. The regime covers the surface of society with a network of small, complicated rules. The will of man is not shattered, but softened, bent, and guided. And then... Of course, age, which is the fountain of youth, as I as I mentioned, um, I've got I've got a whole episode on this. Um, 
But like I was saying, you, you cannot slow people's aging process, but you can slow down their wisdom, the rate at which people become wise. Learn, you learn through experience. Well, prevent experience. Delay getting a job. Delay getting married. Delay having kids. How? Drum roll. College. College today. College is the epicenter of the fountain of youth. No one gets married at the age of 20 in college, in part because women do not expect men who don't have a steady job yet to ask them to marry them. But it's no big deal, right? I mean, women can just tell the men that, you know, we'll just, we'll wait four years to get married and then we'll have an intimate relationship, right? That'll work. I'm sure that'll work. No. Now introducing hookup culture. So you see, this college attendance just breeds into hookup culture, perhaps created in a college lab uh, and consuming marriage and individual growth for a generation is hookup culture. Add a little birth control and plan B pills and hookup culture is thriving. Birth control is free, right? Or at least they tried to make that free. Is that, you know, I'm sure the regime had nothing to do with that, right? I'm sure they didn't have anything to do with that, yeah. Uh, in case birth control doesn't work, though, you can always get an abortion. Thus, hookup culture has no excuses, right? There's no excuses. Women have a harder time saying no to men because there's, there's no plausible reason why not, right? The regime eliminated all of those reasons. Want to add a little more fuel to the fire. Add drugs and alcohol, a staple of the college experience. Good for addiction. Maybe create a few more drug addicts. That'll send you to the depths of the maze, lost. And as I said before, one who is lost is more easily guided. College does so much for the regime. It holds back your individual growth. Instead of getting a job, getting married, and having kids, you're studying and hooking up with 30-plus different people over the course of four years. Then, the men especially, they like this lifestyle. They like this lifestyle. These young men... They're all walking tall like they've actually done something important in life. You know, yeah, I've got my number, dude. People talk about numbers like it actually matters. That's the trend today, sadly. And what do the men and women do after college? They get addicted to this lifestyle. They get addicted to this lifestyle. They get addicted to hookup culture, drugs, and alcohol. So when they graduate, where do so many of them go? They go to the big cities. A lot of them go to the big cities, okay? And the big cities are like college 2.0. They're like college 2.0. In the big cities, they can live the same guilt-free lifestyle for a decade or two, never grow up, never get married or have kids, just keep partying and hooking up day in, day out, like it is the only purpose in life. Welcome to the Fountain of Youth. People are trapped in the maze and don't even know it, right where the regime wants you. Decades ago, the federal financial aid program was created and college attendance skyrocketed. The regime loves college. They know what they are doing and wouldn't you know it, they are pushing for free college and student loan debt forgiveness right now because they know if they can keep college attendance at a high level, it all works out for them in the end. Small, complicated rules. I could talk about the fountain of youth for probably three hours. Uh, it's a big topic. I'll leave you with these last two points. 
Uh, if men are constantly focused on the next girl and the next girl and the next girl while chained to hookup culture like a dog on a leash, what are men not doing? Well, they're probably not focused on solving problems, probably not focused on what the regime is doing, probably not fighting against the regime. And uh, just to touch on abortion and how that ties into the fountain of youth, you know, you're not just killing a baby, you're eliminating a future mother from existence. If women are not having kids, what are they not doing? Well, they're probably not showing up to school board meetings and fighting against the regime, which is indoctrinating their kids, right? We're seeing that a lot. So that's a quick rundown on a lot of the small complicated rules and how they relate. But this is not enough. This is not enough for the regime. The regime, they need, <laughs> they need an army to enforce the rules in their great society. They need an army to target these people and these people, right? White people, generally speaking, but more so for Republicans as well. They need an army to target marriage, married people, religious, Christian, rich, white people. And so now they're all about to meet the culture police or the political army. And, uh, that's going to take care of everybody. It's going to target everybody. Recognize these? BLM, feminists, the LGBTQ community, all these letter communities. All of these communities are exactly the same. It's the same business model for all of them. Is that, you know, certain people hate you, right? They hate you and they get, they gather all these people up in, in a box. And, uh, and they collect some money. They create this, you know, nonprofit or whatever and uh, collect some money. And then all the money goes uh, to, to your local Democrat, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, as you can kind of see, some of the things they've been, uh, you know, quoted um, during the, you know, riots or, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. You know, it's all the, the white shaming that we're seeing. You know, if you're white, you know, it's, you're, you're terrible, you're racist, whatever. So they're targeting white people you know, who just so happens disproportionately vote for Republicans, uh, you know, you're feminists. Uh, if abortions aren't safe, neither of you. That was written on a church in, uh, in Virginia when after the, uh, the Dobbs decision came out, uh, you know, target pro-life and religious people. Oh, just so happens they disproportionately vote for Republicans as well. Um, LGBTQ, a little more complicated here, but, you know, misgendering is an act of violence. Target traditional marriage religious and people who disagree, which of course disproportionately vote for Republicans. Uh, and then Antifa, you know, eat the rich. That was a big trending thing for a while, I believe after the Trump tax cuts, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, protests and they were saying, eat the rich. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy statement. If you ask me, eat the rich. Wow. Uh, but you know, target rich, rich people or people who are, you know, middle-class or upper middle-class. And of course they disproportionately vote for Republicans as well. So, Kind of to sum all this up, you know, uh, what is the maze? Why is life so, so confusing? Uh, as I said, you know, people who control the structure of society, they want it to be this way. You know, one who's lost is more easily guided. <clears throat> they want to guide you into these groups and more importantly, away from marriage, wealth, 
Christianity and age or wisdom. Okay? And uh, so, yeah, in conclusion, they've created the small complicated rules to manipulate the people in society to maintain power over the people in society. And they have an army of enforcers to ensure that their will is being done. The culture police, as I like to call them. So, just another, you know, the supreme power covers the surface of society with a network of small, complicated rules. Uh, the will of man is not shattered, but softened, bent, and guided. Um, such power does not destroy, but prevents existence, stupefies people. Love this quote. Absolutely love it. Exactly what's happening. Let's thank Brendan. <laughs> thank you so much. The podcast, where can people get it at? Yes. I've got it on uh, Spotify, RSS, Apple Podcast. A few episodes are on Rumble. Thanks. Thank you very much for coming down. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so you, much. You really um you really tied you really tied a lot of it together. Thank you. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you very much.